0: I'm Brett Chang.
1: And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, March 24th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global, business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes.
0: It's a big day, Jay, you know why? I do, but why don't you tell the Peak Pals why? Oh well, yeah, you know, because you helped us organize it. We have... Our Emerging Leaders Gala tonight, it's a virtual gala. I wish we could have done it in person, but unfortunately the Omicron variant had uh, a different plan, but it's tonight at 6 p.m. It's hosted by me and (laughs) we've got a number of really great conversations with top leaders in Canada. And so I really encourage you to, to, to give it a watch and tune in if you can. Jay, did you have a favorite that you heard?
1: I do have a favorite because it's so, it's so innovative. I like Our Borough, which is a really cool company based here in Toronto. I also have found a thread because I've, I've been listening in and, and doing some work on some of the conversations. There is a pretty strong correlation between people who are high-end athletes and people who actually start up businesses and feel like they can be successful. I didn't know if you knew that and the themes that you're coming through, but there's some pretty pretty interesting athletes turned entrepreneurs that you can hear about tonight.
0: Yeah, I know that as well. Unfortunately, that that did not run through me, Jay. And so <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. But, I, you know, I'm trying to, although, speaking of which, I have now decided to wake up at 6 a.m. every day and get really fit before the summer. So we'll see how that goes. I'll keep everyone it, updated.
1: How are you going to do that? Like running?
0: Uh, yeah, running, weights, classes, a, a combination of activities. I'm, I'm going really intense. And so I like that I'm making a public commitment here because then I'll be held accountable by you. It's like a spring resolution. It's a spring resolution. That's what it is. and um, It's a new thing we're starting here at the Peak Daily.
1: <laughs> well, aside from your workout routine and the gala tonight, what do we have for Peak Pel's?
0: For our first story, Fido. For our second story, Labor Day. And for our third story, the Queen's Ball. And by the way, Jay, I did miss that. The link to the gala will be in the show notes. So take a look at that if you want to tune in.
1: I do want to tune in and I will go there. For our first story, wouldn't you love to live in a world where you never had to deal with a forgotten password again? I sure would. The Fast Identity Online Alliance, known as FIDO, is an association of tech companies, including Apple and Alphabet, and they are one step closer to making this a reality. They have announced a new development in their passwordless tech. Brett, this really does sound like a lifesaver for me. I've spent no less than 37 minutes today actually trying to recover a password. How are Apple and Alphabet going to do this?
0: Yeah, it's not going to make the same impact for me. ABCD123 is pretty easy to remember. But since 2013, FIDO has developed a system that lets users log into their online accounts just by unlocking their smartphones or computers. In this case, basically, your device is the password. So rather than sending a password over a network, a key on your personal device connects to FIDO enabled services like Google or PayPal to securely access them.
1: And this story couldn't come at a better time, considering our story yesterday about the potential of a huge leak at Okta, I think is the name of the company that we were talking about yesterday. Well, previous versions of the group system will still require people on new devices to enter passwords for each account when they first log in. Now, this can be done with their faces, fingerprints, or a pin code made possible by the FIDO credential manager, which is a mechanism that stores these keys and syncs between devices. And here's why it matters. For now, passwords aren't going anywhere, but platforms will first need to adopt FIDO protocols and users will need Up to date devices and operating systems before they can ditch passwords altogether. But, and here's the good thing Fido shows promise and in making the online experience easier and safer and more secure.
0: Now, for all the password nerds out there, cryptographic keys that they're proposing are harder to crack than passwords. And since users' biometric data aren't stored with the services they log into, any breaches of these services would not put that data at risk. Going back again to the story from yesterday Okta, you wouldn't have to worry about the Okta hack if it was your device that, that had your identity in it.
1: Totally. And passwords really are the bane of our online existence, at least one of the banes of our existence, with a 2019 study finding that 78% of respondents have forgotten a password in the last 90 days and had to reset it. And we're looking forward to the days where those lost passwords are behind us, Brett.
0: Yeah. The day, the end of the password today will be like the end of masks in Ontario. It's just yeah. jubilant. For our second story, following a victory against organized labor last week, Amazon is facing more union votes this week at a number of their U.S. warehouses. Jay, this is looking like a, I'm going I'm to call a tsunami of tension. I'm not sure if that makes sense. For one of the world's biggest companies, what's happening?
1: Well, warehouse workers in Staten Island begin voting Friday on whether to form a union. If successful, they'd be the first group of Amazon employees in North America to unionize, with another Staten Island warehouse voting on April 25th. And
0: here's what's working in their favor. So New York is one of the most union-friendly states in America and has challenged Amazon in the past, most notably when Amazon proposed their HQ2 in New York City and it was canceled. That was a lot because of organized labor, which gives hope to organizers that the vote might
1: actually succeed. I think AOC had something to do with it too, Brett. But during the pandemic, Amazon has raised wages that were already above the national minimum and introduced new safety training. But union organizers still citing improved pay benefits, and working conditions as the main reasons to unionize. Now, this vote comes at the same time as a revote of a unionization effort at an Amazon warehouse in Bessemer, Alabama. Now, quick history lesson. Last year, a union vote there failed, but the U.S. Labor Relations Board said that Amazon improperly interfered in the election using union-busting tactics necessitating a revote.
0: These Amazon employees are looking to build off the recent momentum that Starbucks baristas and Google employees have gained by forming unions at their own corporate
1: goliaths. And to bring it all home, this push is also moving north as the Teamsters here began talks with Amazon workers to unionize in Canada last year. Now, here's the bigger
0: picture. Union formation is still quite low in Canada, with union participation steadily declining since 2000 to about 31%. But the pandemic has seen a small but noticeable resurgence in these numbers, with unions being formed at Starbucks, Canada Goose, and Indigo. If Amazon workers in Staten Island form a union, a warehouse in Canada could be next.
1: And for our final story, binge-watching is so 2021. This year, real fans are also getting dressed up and attending in-person-themed events to celebrate their favorite intellectual property, or at least that's what Netflix is hoping for, as it launches something called Queen's Ball, which is a gathering for Bridgerton fans featuring dancing, a string quartet, and a costume, (laughs) costume Queen Charlotte. And Brett, I know you haven't watched The Bridgerton, but I have to believe people are going to go to this thing because they think there will be someone to, let's just say, hook up with in a very steamy fashion. What's going on here, Brett?
0: Well, before we get there, though, Jay, I'd love to hear, is there a real-life experience of Netflix IP that you would want to go to?
1: it's huh, a good question, Brett. Well, I would go in real life to Scranton, Pennsylvania to go visit Michael Scott and the Curthy office. I think that would be fun. And Scranton's not that far away from Toronto. We've driven through or by it. A number of times on their way south. So I'm going to Scranton.
0: I'm not paid by Netflix. I don't work there, but I might just have the best idea of the year. So one of the biggest shows on Netflix is Drive to Survive about yeah. Formula One. Yeah. How about instead of doing this Bridgerton party, they just host viewing parties for the races. I'd go to that. Anyways, You know, that's free for them. They can take it and run with it, but it's a great idea. So anyways, the Queen's Ball, which Netflix bills as a 90-minute-long Bridgerton experience, will welcome fans in Montreal, Chicago, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C., starting today. Now, basically, the bigger picture is that traditional studios and entertainment companies, they squeeze as much value out of their intellectual property as possible, turning movies and television shows into theme park rides, Lego sets, lunch boxes and every other line of merchandise that you can imagine.
1: (laughs) I just like the idea of 90 minutes and Bridgerton being in the same thing. It's, It's somewhat shorter than that, if you know what I'm saying, Brett. This is a relatively new territory for streaming platforms like Netflix, which have until now focused on subscriptions to drive revenue, but intensified competition in the space is creating pressure to branch into new business lines.
0: Which is one reason why last year, Netflix launched Tutum, a fan expo for Netflix programs. And this year, the company is hosting a multi-day comedy festival featuring hundreds of comics, many of whom have Netflix specials. Now, Netflix is also getting into the merch business. We actually talked about this Mm -hmm. a few months ago, Jay, but they launched a global consumer shop last year where fans can buy things like Top Boy hoodies. I love this new season of Top Boy out there for anyone who wants to watch and Squid Games masks.
1: In terms of why it matters, this signals a bigger trend, Brett. Many fans no longer want to just consume their favorite content. They also want to live it, whether through fashion choices, conventions, or in-real-life experiences. That's creating an opportunity for entertainment businesses like Netflix to build new revenue streams, reduce their dependence on subscriptions, and significantly increase the value of their existing franchises.
0: Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If
1: you've got a second, one out, follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review.
0: And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode.
1: Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, I'd like to revisit my Netflix answer because I know that The it's Office cheating, but sure. is sure, NBC yeah. show. I had a little bit more time to think about it. There is a new show that we are watching as a family, which is called Is It Cake? hosted by Saturday Night Live's Mikey Day. That is so good. And there's a Canadian that is uh, nearing the finals of it and it is really cool. It's about hyper-realistic cakes. I know that that sounds weird, but I encourage folks to check it out and I'm not being paid by Is It Cake? So that would be my experience. I'd love to go to an Is It Cake live showing. That's so lame, Jane.
0: Okay, have a good day. <laughs> you too.